Let's talk about love. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about drugs. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about me. Let's talk about us. Let's talk about we. Let's talk about you, let's talk about me, let's talk about us, let's talk about we, let's talk about wealth, let's talk about greed, let's talk being broke, living in poverty, let's talk about black, let's talk about white, let's talk about how we still fight for our rights, let's talk government, sex schemes and drugs, and let's talk about God, let's talk about love, let's discuss our feelings. Hey y'all, welcome to Blessed to be S. I'm your cousin in Christ, Wantrell Levette, and this is Bougie Bible Study. If you are new here, I'd like to welcome you to the best Bible study class that you would ever come across. If you are not new here, then you already know how we get down over here at Blessed to Be Us, where we dive into the Bible and get a very exciting time about what took place back in those ancient times and what makes the Bible still relevant for today. Now, if you was with us, then you already know for the past 11 weeks, we have been diving into the Bible, jumping from different chapters, learning about Jesus himself. And we got so far to last week's um, chapter, which was Matthew 26, and it was the betrayal and arrest of Jesus. Now, this week's class will be Matthew 27, and it will be Jesus' execution on a cross. Now, if you was with us last week, um, then you guys already know the story. But if you were not with us last week, then I advise you to go check out last week's where you find out what happened, who betrayed Jesus, what took place um, during that time of his betrayal. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't scared. He was already prepared and willing to be taken away into the hands of man. He already knew what was to happen. And he already told God to fulfill his will, not Jesus's will, but God's will. So Jesus already made it clear to God what he needed to do. He already knew that his time was to come. So last week we saw Judas betray Jesus, turn him over to the high priest and the leaders of the town where they were at. As well as last week, we also saw all his disciples disown him like they all skedaddled. They all left him to hang by himself. Even Peter, the one that he told that he would disown him three times, end up disowning him and denying Jesus literally three times like Jesus said and then so we left off where Judas went off he turned Jesus in but he was very sad that he did that and then we left off where Peter denied Jesus and then he left and he cried so now this week we are going to talk about the resurrection of Jesus actually on the cross so it jumps back into what took place last week and yeah I'm not going to take too much of your time I'm really just going to dive into it so grab your Bibles grab your notes grab anything that you need to get you involved into today's Bible study class again we are in Matthew 27 and we're just leading off from where we were last week where they betrayed Jesus so this week we're gonna actually see Jesus die on a cross and we're gonna get a clear understanding of what happened and why it took place so if you are ready I am too and let's go
Matthew 27, it starts off at Judas hanging himself. So Judas hangs himself. He was so overwhelmed over what he did to Jesus. He literally betrayed Jesus and Jesus was supposed to be his friend. We all know how that goes in the real world. You have to watch the ones that's closest to you. The closest ones to you be the one to stab you in your back and that's what happened with Jesus. Judas turned him over to the hands of the man and all his boys fleed on him. So all of his boys just, you know, they did a they did him dirty. I believe that they did him dirty. So we're going to start off with Judas hangs himself. Verse 1, Matthew 27. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. I don't know if it's Pilate or Pilate, but it felt like a Pilate. He was the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? They replied, that's your responsibility. So I'm gonna pause for a second. Judas realized what he'd done. He realized that he literally betrayed innocent blood for 30 pieces of silver. Remember, he collected 30 pieces of silver from the leaders, the high priests, to betray Jesus. And I'm quite sure around that time what 30 pieces of silver meant to Judas. But as Jesus told him, not him, but he told them, woe to the man that betrayed the son of man. He's gonna wish that he was never born now Judas is here trying to return the 30 pieces of silver to the leaders and the priests where he got it from and the leaders are like uh-uh that don't have anything to do with us you gave them to us that's your responsibility we paid you for it now you have to deal with the consequences mm, I know that's hurting Judas really bad let's continue so Judas threw the money into the temple and left then he went away and hanged himself mm. The chief priest picked up the coins and said, It is against the law to put this into the treasury since it is blood money. Wow. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for the furnace. That is why it has been called the field of blood to this day. Oh, wow. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the 30 pieces of silver, the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field as the Lord commanded me. Let me pause for a second. So here's Judas. He threw the money and he was like, you know, I betrayed innocent blood. The priests, the leaders, they're like, that has nothing to do with us. That is your responsibility. So Judas threw the money to the ground. The priests and the leaders, they pick up the money. They can't put it in a treasury. They can't put it back because they know that it's blood money. They know that they gave it over to betray Jesus, to kill him. So they can't put it back in. So it's no longer innocent money. So they take the money and they decide to build a burial field. That was Jeremiah's prophet being fulfilled. All right, so let's continue. Jesus before Pilate, verse 11. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, don't you hear the testimony they bring against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single 
charge to the great amazement of the governor verse 15 now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd at that time they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas so when the crowd had gathered Pilate asked him which one do you want me to release to you Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah for he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him while Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat his wife sent him this message don't have anything to do with that innocent man for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him but the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed which of the two do you want me to release to you asked the governor Barabbas they answered what should I do then with Jesus who is called the Messiah Pilate asked they all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead of an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. I'm gonna pause for a second. Pilate the governor knew that the priests, the leaders, they they brought Jesus the Messiah to him on their own will. Jesus had not committed any crime. He has not did anything, which the high priest, the leaders, they did not like that. They did not like that Jesus was making known that he was king of Jews. They felt like they had the authority and they had the higher position to be the king and the leaders of Jerusalem. So they captured Jesus under false ill intent to have him executed. They take him to Pilate, the governor, to have him executed. Now Pilate, he's like, what has this man done to feel like he needs to be executed besides being brought to him by the priests and the leaders and stuff which Jesus did nothing so his wife tell him like I had a horrible dream a really bad dream because we have this innocent man in our presence don't have nothing to do with his blood being shattered across the city you do not want part of this is what she telling her husband so Pilate asked in the crowd like here we have Jesus Barabbas and we have Jesus the Messiah who should we release to you guys and who should we keep they're telling let's release Barabbas who was a known criminal who have committed a crime and crucified Jesus the Messiah which is so crazy to me that why would they want to get rid of an innocent man that would feel so bad on my spirit and my soul to want to do that so Pilate is like look I wash my hands he washed his hands he like I have nothing to do with this innocent man blood being scattered in the city this is your responsibility this don't have nothing to do with me so he walks away which is a very smart thing to do because I wouldn't want to live with that in my soul that I'm killing an innocent man that's why Judas hung himself Judas betrayed an innocent man so let's continue verse 25 all the people answered his blood is on us and on all our children then he released Barabbas to them but he had Jesus flogged and he handed him over to be crucified mm, mm, mm. the soldiers mock 
Jesus. Verse 27. Then the governor's soldier took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, king of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. Mm -hmm. The crucifixion of Jesus. Verse 32. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their head and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. Let me pause for a second. So they beat Jesus. They put the thorns on his head. They put the staff in his hand. They ripped his clothes off. They put back on his dirty clothes. He's bleeding. He has thorns in his head. He's gushing blood, everything. They tried to force Jesus to drink wine with gall in it. I'm not sure what gall is, but I am guess it's like some type of poison or something. But Jesus refused to drink it. Now people are walking past him, insulting him, saying, look it, he calls himself the son of God. He says that he trusts God, will tell God to come save you. Why God has not come down to save you? But little do that people know he's already made his his commitment to God and he already know that his time was coming. So Jesus didn't need to come down off the cross. He didn't need to be saved by God because he was for sure to be risen again. Right now within this chapter, you have people insulting him just like they did when they asked him about who he was and stuff. And when the leaders and the preachers were trying to insult him, you have the same people that's walking by assaulting him. Then you have the people who were on the cross next to him also assaulting him saying like, save us, Jesus. Didn't you say you're the son of God? Tell God to come save us. Bring us off of these crosses. But Jesus didn't say anything. Instead, he just let his life go because he already knew where he was to be sitting at, which was by God. Wow. People are so malicious and ill. Like they are so janky, scandalous to kill an innocent man and then mock him. Like you're the man who said that you would tear down the temple and rebuild it in three days. They're laughing at him like, 
like, ha ha ha, yeah, sure. Let's continue. Verse 45, the death of Jesus. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Leva, Sabbath Shatani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. Verse 15. And then Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice. He gave up his spirit. After that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn into two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who have died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Many women were there, watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's son. The burial of Jesus, verse 57. As evening approached, they came to a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite of the tomb. I'm going to pause for a second. So Jesus cried out to Elijah. He spoke in tongues and he asked God, why has God forsaken him? Not sure why he asked God, why has God has forsaken him when he already knew that he was going to die. But somebody actually came to help Jesus. And then the men were like, okay, that's enough. No need to help him. A lot of the women followed Jesus who were still trying to attend and care for his needs. And then a man came to help Jesus, which took Jesus away in his own tomb. Which Pilate ended up giving Jesus the body to Joseph. Joseph ended up putting Jesus' body into the tomb and he ended up rolling it away, which is crazy. Ooh, this is so sad. Let's continue. So the guard of the tomb, verse 62. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. That's the end of chapter 27, you guys. Oh my goodness. Okay, so a quick recap. Now, it's very intense. 
Judas, he ends up realizing what he done to Jesus. So he got 30 pieces of silver from the chief priests, the leaders, and all of them to betray Jesus. After betraying Jesus, he realized that he turned in an innocent man and that he would have innocent blood all over him by what he did. So he decided that he didn't want the 30 silvers anymore. He was trying to return the 30 silvers back to the chief priests and the leaders, but they would not accept it. So instead, he threw the money and he went to go kill himself. He died of suicide. He hung him. The priests and the leaders could not put the money back into treasury because it was already blood money. So they took the money and they decided to build a barrier for foreigners, which is still there today. And it's like a graveyard with some of you guys don't know what a barrier is. So they end up building a graveyard for the foreigners, for people who died. They build a barrier with the 30 pieces of silver that they gave to Judas. Now, after all of that, they took Jesus in front of Pilate, where Pilate had the authority to either execute Jesus or let somebody go. There was another Jesus there, Jesus Barabbas, who actually committed a crime, and then Jesus the Messiah, who did not commit a crime. So Pilate asked in the audience, everybody in the town, who should we keep and who should we get rid of them? They're yelling out like, let's get rid of Barabbas, let him free, and let's crucify Jesus. They're saying like, let's crucify him. So Pilate's wife comes to him and she's like, look, I had a horrible dream. You do not want anything to do with this innocent man's blood. So if I was you, I will walk away. Do not let this decision be yours. So Pilate asked the audience like, what have this Messiah done to commit a crime to be crucified? The people, they're ignoring that. They're like, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. So Pilate, he realized they're not, he's not getting anywhere with the people. So he take his hand, he wash them. He's like, look, I wash my hands of this man's innocent blood. It's not on me. So the people like, yes, his blood is on us. His blood is on us and all of our children. Yes, kill him, crucify him. We will accept his blood. His blood fall on us and our children right? So Pilate like, I'm good. So they take Jesus, they strip his clothes off, they beat him, they beat him really bad, take some thorns, twist them up, push him in his head. So he got a crown, a thorn crown in his head since he called himself the king of the Jews. And you know, a staff in his hand. And so they just beating him up. They rip him up. They, they dog him out. They put him on a cross. They nail him on air, stack him up, hang him up. And now they got him posted on a cross bleeding to death. He has two other people next to him and they're wondering why Jesus not doing anything like you said to Jesus why are you not saving us like come on save us then you got people walking by Jesus scoffing at him insulting him you call yourself the man of God you you call yourself trusting God look at what's happening to you save yourself Jesus the Messiah why aren't you saving yourself so Jesus ends up yelling out you know Eli Eli basically God why are you forsaking me so he yelling out in his language and somebody comes to help Jesus so they put wine in a rag vinegar and all of that and they try to give it to Jesus for him to drink and then they stop him they stop the man they're like look he's good let him go whatever so Mary Mary Magdalene and Beatty's boy's mother they all too followed Jesus and walked with him all the way on the cross too so they was looking out for him caring for him until the day that he died as well and basically was just like you know trying to look out for him because that is so sad I would have did the same thing though I would have followed my son I would have tried to look out for him or whatever but they couldn't do much because obviously you know 
they had the guards and everybody like trying to make sure that Jesus died. So then Jesus ends up dying on a cross and Joseph, who was one of Jesus' disciples, he claimed himself to be Jesus' disciple since he was Jesus' disciple. And he came to Pilates and he said, look, he belonged to us. You might as well give his body to us. So Pilates agreed to give over Jesus' body to Joseph. Joseph ends up cutting up this big tomb where he places Jesus' body inside. Now the leaders, the preachers, and the high, high priests of the town, they're like, look, we don't want no mishaps happening because this man claimed that he will rise and tear down our temple. Y'all remember that? Remember when he said that? So we don't want this to happen because his disciples could come take his body and then they could start doing his work and they could be claiming that it's Jesus doing this the whole time. So we don't want any of those problems. So we need a guard to watch the tomb so that this don't happen. I'm sure Pilates was looking at them like, bro, y'all tripping. Okay. Y'all wanted an innocent man to die. Y'all brought me an innocent man to kill. He ain't commit not one crime and y'all worried about him rising again? Sure, whatever. Send the guards over there, help him out, seal the tomb. So they go over there to guard the tomb. They have the security. They got like extra voltage locks. You know, they're like really making sure that Jesus does not get out, which is so crazy because how was he? He did. <laughs> Y'all didn't believe when he said he was the Messiah, so why why kill him? Oh, it just didn't make sense. But as you guys can see, when Jesus said them, woe to the man who hands over the Son of Man, woe to him, he's going to wish that he was never born. Look at Judas. Judas ended up committing suicide because he literally betrayed an innocent man. Now, we don't know what happened with Peter and them just yet because um, chapter 27 didn't give us all that information. But as you can see, in chapter 27, the people of the city and the town they killed an innocent man. Anybody that rooted and, and roared for Jesus to die and for his blood to be on them and their children, I know their lives is cursed. And I can only imagine what the next chapter have to offer. But to see how an innocent man can be turned over to the hands of man by jealousy, hating, ill intentions, just wrong. Like that was just absolutely wrong. They had no business to kill Jesus the Messiah. They had no business to do that, but yet they did it anyway. So if they did that back in that time, what makes you think that somebody won't do you like that today? When I think about Jesus' boys fleeing out on him, and I think about his boy betraying him, it reminds me of today. It reminds me to watch my surroundings of today, to watch the people that I keep close to me. What are their intentions? What are the motives of the people that's around me? Because I'm on a mission to do whatever it is that God had me to do. But what is my surroundings looking like? Who do I have in my surroundings that want me dead? I don't want nobody like that around me. So it really makes me look at what's going on in my life today. An innocent person being took into the hands of man for what? For what? We see that happening all the time. Innocent people dying by the hands of police. Innocent people dying by the hands of citizens, we're never gonna escape the reality that people die. That's a fact, people do die. People should be able to die on their own terms though. Nobody should be getting their lives taken from no one, but yet we have that. We have that in this world today. So it makes me realize that death is guaranteed. And because death is guaranteed, I wanna be right with God. I wanna make sure that me and his covenant, me and God's covenant is as one and communion together so that when my time is done here on earth, I have a right place to rest. 
I have a safe place to rest. My soul, my spirit, because my flesh is not going to be able to live on. My soul will rise again. My spirit will live again. And I want it to be with God. So that was chapter 27, you guys. It gets really tense as we dive into the Bible, but we just wanted to hear the story. You know, I'm not a preacher. I'm not someone that's trying to tell you what to do with yourself, what to do with your life. I'm literally reading the Bible. I'm trying to get an understand. I'm trying to make known to me of what I hear today when I'm listening to the preachers and when I'm listening to prophets speaks and when I'm listening to people speak about Jesus and all his good works. I'm just trying to hear and get an understanding of what I should be doing. Not what somebody else tried to tell me to do, but what I should be doing from the message from God. God, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you want me to say? Where is it that you want me to go? Who do you want me to help? May your will be done, not my will, Lord. Because I honestly don't know what's going on in this world, and I am just the vessel being used by you, Lord, so use me. Because I have people hating all the time. But that's not my business. That's not my concern, Lord. Let your will be done. So you have been rocking with your cousin in Christ, Wantra Levet, on Blessed to Be S, Bougie Bible Studies. And you know, reading the Bible is not easy. It's kind of difficult. Um, but if you know somebody who wants to read the Bible, go ahead and send them this podcast. Go ahead and send them this Bible study class so that we can study together so that they could join us and we can be Legion Loves together. Let's love on God. Let's love on the Bible. Let's get the word out. Let's spread the knowledge and good things of the Bible. They killed an innocent man. We see it right here in plain sight. The leaders, the priests, the, the chief priests, these people that are supposed to be of God, they killed an innocent man. They killed the Messiah. And you want me to trust the leaders of today? Knock it off. I doubt it. There's no president in this world that I trust more than Jesus. There's no person walking this earth more than I trust in God. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. That's just how I feel and, I, and I'm okay with that. So go ahead and send this message to somebody you know who may need it. Your sister, your mother, your sister, your brother, your auntie, your uncle, your friend, your best friend, her baby daddy, baby mama, all that good stuff. Let's share the message of the Bible. Not everybody is going to want to dive in the Bible, but they can just listen as we dive in chapter after chapter after chapter. We get a good understanding of what's happened. That's still happening today. So until next week, you guys, I'm your host, Montreal Levette, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Yeah.